Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another fun-packed, fun-filled interview episode of uh, Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. My name is Will, and today I get the honor and privilege of filling in the dot with Mrs. Jennifer Burns. Uh, she is part Hi. of an awesome little marriage where, as far <laughs> as I know, she did not get to have a uh, pecan pie at her wedding. Which, I didn't. You know... It's kind of a sad thing. I'm like, if you're getting married, you know, you kind of want to do, you know, you're going to spend all that money anyway. Yeah. Kind of Especially because we paid for the whole thing ourselves. We did everything ourselves. And uh, so my wedding was quite the um, disaster is an understatement. But I got to marry my very best friend in front of the handful of people that was there. And that's, that's all that really matters, you know? Uh, and it's funny, we got married two days after a nine year anniversary. So nine years we'd been together, two days later we were married. So for our one year marriage anniversary, it was also our 10 years of being together that mm -hmm. like we celebrated all at once. All big old types of anniversaries going on. Oh yeah, did it all at once. Especially so, during COVID, it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, so Jenna, first of all, works at my favorite comic book store ever, Space Coast Collection Collection. Woo! And uh, Miss Jen King, rock it out. Also, shout out to Brian McNeens for Space Cadets Gaming Gaming, because they rock mm -hmm. as well. Um, so, Have you been to the pizza place that's opened up in the store? I haven't been there since they opened up the pizza place. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to yeah. give that huge shout out to Roberto, who is uh, running Marini's over there that's inside the store. Super delicious. All of their food tastes homemade. In fact, I, I have this running joke with everybody who works there. And I'm like, where's your magical door? Where's this magical door that you reach in for the cheese every time you have to do like a pizza or something? They secretly so teleport to places and make all the ingredients fresh from scratch right then. And yeah. then a hyperbolic time chamber. So real yeah. time for them is like minutes to us. Like if it takes yeah. eight hours to shred out the cheese, cut the pepperoni, <laughs> go get the sausage, make the sausage, bring it in, do all the stuff. It's like minutes to us waiting. Yeah. So, so but uh, she works there, but then also I got I get to work with her as I am now part of the comic book shopping experience mm -hmm. uh, with a bunch of people. We get together on a weekly basis and figure out ways to promote comics and promote comic book writers, artists. Uh, we try to bring the con experience to a screen near you, uh, not only because of these interesting times, but because, you know, sometimes cons don't make. Yeah. So if you could set up a place where people can come and hear some of these awesome artists and some of these awesome writers and, I was, and also get a chance to buy comics. Yeah. A lot of, we have a lot of sellers on there that sell stuff that you can't just go out and buy at a regular store. You know? Yeah, and it's great to have them because we have them all over the country. There's one of our stores in Florida, one's in Tennessee, there's one in, um, there's our store in Texas, there's one in um, uh, Philadelphia. So yeah, it's, it's from uh, little stores all over the country and it's really helped a lot of these stores uh, get through the pandemic. So thank you everybody who uh, shops on our channel. Yay. Yeah. So I get the honor of working with Jenna. So I've gotten to know her. I've heard about Jenna a lot, especially when <laughs> I used to be able to do like the Tuesday night shows. I used to get about new books and stuff. Well, my work schedule, I haven't been able to be on there as much lately, but I always heard about Jenna. You know, I never really got to see Jenna a whole lot. <laughs> and then, like, I got this job with experience. All of a sudden, it's like, I see Jenna once a week. Yeah. <laughs> and so, first things first, it's a, it's a podcast, but it's also a conversation. So, first thing I like to do on this conversation is I like to say, hey, 
what's your origin story? Not everybody woke up one day on a planet that was getting ready to blow up and they yeah. thought that they thought that they were going to get there before their cousin come to find out they got trapped in a hyperbolic time bubble for I don't know how many years and that's how you know <laughs> she shows up and her cousin is like years older than her and he got there <laughs> first you know and at the same time not everybody's a girl who's a ninja working for people and she may not be the baddest ninja on the planet she may have a heart of gold and then all of a sudden she gets mortally stabbed and the ninja turtle has to transport blood into her it's all of a sudden she becomes <laughs> Jenica oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I love Jenica I've been, by the uh, way shout out to Sophie Campbell I got the chance to interview her a while back love her talk to her it was great stuff super dope it sounds so awesome but so, uh, yeah, origin story. So we, yeah. we talk about anything from how you grew up, things like that. We also talk about anything you may have geeked out to as a kid, stuff <laughs> like that that you grew up with, cartoons, movies, uh, whatever. So my, my childhood is not quite uh, what everybody would imagine uh, a childhood to be. So um, when I was little, some things happened and I did end up homeless when I was about uh, six or seven years old uh, for a while in the streets of Kansas. And um, me and a group of kids that's just how we ran the streets for a while and one time we had found this huge dumpster that was empty and never used behind this laundry mat and so there was a couch in there so we set up in there and it was snowing so we closed the lid well when we woke up somebody had dumped uh one of their bags of trash in there in that trash uh i actually found my first ever comic it was uh jim lee's wildcats number two and uh I pretty sure I read that thing a hundred million times, just, just the art itself. I didn't know that was something you could do for a living. I didn't know that was something that was, you know, for everybody to be able to see. And look, I'd only known art from like museums and magazines and books. I didn't know that it was something that you could do on paper for something like I'd never seen a comic and it was just it was it was life-saving I carried that thing in my pocket for years until it just completely fell apart just completely fell apart uh and then when I was a little bit older I was about 11 uh my grandparents came and got us came and got me and my little sister and uh found out my dad was overseas fighting the wars and uh found out that I was found and sent all of the Thor books that he had when he was over there and he would just always his parents would send him the monthly Thor book and so I just got to go through there forever and then after the fire when we lost all of those uh I was in high school started finding I found a comic book shop actually here in Conroe where I would check it out and I just I fell in love with like Spider-Man and I fell in love with more Thor like the newer Thor and it just grew from there. And then I found Miss Jen's store, gosh, I want to say six or seven years ago. And uh, indies, just indies, indies, indies. I fell in love with all the indie books that I could get my hands on. And then I was working at GameStop for a while there. And uh, I got offered the job there. And I was like, yes, yes, please. Like, you're here every other day. Do you want to just work here? And I was like, yes, yes, I do, please. <laughs> and that's, that's it. That's my story. Okay. Okay. So you talked about Thor, you talked about the different comics of indies. What were some indie indie books that you had gotten into at that time? Um, I think uh I think that's when Zeniscope first started. 
And that was back when another comic book store, I was in junior high, so like eighth grade-ish. Um, they had this cover of Grim Fairy Tales number like two on the wall. And I just, I fell in love with that. So I picked up all of the Grim Fairy Tales from Zenoscope. And I think that was when Zenoscope first started too. And so I've been like, I own almost everything Zenoscope has put out at this point too. Um, I loved their awe storyline. I loved their Grim Fairy Tale storyline with Sela, uh, Sarah and, you know, Cinderella and stuff like that. And then Image, I really picked up a lot once I Hate Fairyland started coming out. Favorite series, super excited Scotty Young announced uh, he's bringing back. They're bringing it back, but it's going to be a different artist, yes. but still. I can't I, wait, yeah. though. I got I, a chance to get my hands on uh, the most recent thing he wrote with the artist. I think it's the same artist from Middle West. Is that the one it, who did, uh, oh, what was the new one? It was uh, You Love Me in the Dark? Or you Love you Me in the like Dark. The person you love in the dark or something like that. Yes, the person you love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there reading it. And by the end of that first issue, I'm just like, how does he always get me emotionally tied yes. into this Instantly. character? It's book one. Right? right? That's exactly what I was like with I Hate Fairyland. I was like, oh. Gert yep. is... Mm -hmm. If I believed in spirit animals, Gert would be my spirit animal. Yes, 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 yes. That's actually my plan. Once a uh, con start picking up, I plan on uh, cosplaying her and Poppy from Trolls. Just, just, just have uh, what? What was it? It wasn't Jiminy. It was like Jimmy or something like that. What is? Like yeah, that. I think they I think she called him Jimmy, but I'm not sure if that was her making fun of him. Her little uh, light bug of light bug moral support, product, but he was always drunk and smoking. <laughs> he was like, yeah. "I'm so done with this." Oh. Yeah, the um, I I hate Fairyland. It's this weird, beautiful concept about what would happen if a girl got stuck in a very in a yeah in a fairy tale land and basically told, "Oh, you just have to find the key. Once you find the yeah. key, you're good to go." And what that she thought was like a few weeks turned into all sorts yeah. of years. Yeah. 30, was, 30 she, years. She was stuck yeah. in there for thirty years. She didn't. And funny is they actually yeah, yeah, she aged, but she didn't physically grow up. Her mentality aged as it was supposed to. So when you get to that age where you're supposed to be like, oh, forget this fluff. And she couldn't. She couldn't cuss. She could only say like fluff and fork this and fluff that. It was it's great. Like I loved it. If um the good place yeah. <laughs> matched up with like a fairy tale thing. Yeah. I feel like when I watched The Good Place, I was like, did they read I Hate Fairyland? Did, did they did they know also yeah i never know <laughs> but yeah so that's kind of the way that works and so it's it's an interesting series that it was you, know, you see scotty young doing all these covers and everything like that but then when you start seeing him in the indie space creating stuff like middle west or yeah uh, the, things like this you're just like dude he's got a great mind but more importantly he gets you in the field pretty quick even if the delivery is like I can't show this to my grandma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I tell people about the book, what I flipped to was like the second or third page when Gertrude can't stand that the moon won't stop talking and she just blows him up. It. And there's yeah. blood and guts and pieces of him all over and people are just like being crushed by like him falling out. Pieces of the of moon falling, yeah. Yes, and she's just like, now I can take a nap. <laughs> It's like <laughs> literally, they've created a small little sociopath. Yep. yep. So basically, happened. And so we talk about that. We talk about different indie books like that and things like that. 
I, I want to talk about you because I know you talked about not having a normal upbringing. Yeah. And you've talked about different things with family and things like that, how family got involved and how you got to get some of your dad's comments and see some things like that. I know yeah. you've had some interesting educational experiences as well as some interesting jobs that relate to your family. So I want to yeah. talk about that for a little bit. So um, when I was 18, I was actually uh, T-boned by a drunk driver and they they didn't think I was really going to make it to how far I've, I've gotten. Cause I, I still have, I've broke C2 and three in my neck, my shoulder, I'm missing a rib, my knee, my hip. A lot of it's, you know, been replaced and uh, my cheekbones actually an implant. So it's, they, they didn't think I was, I was going to make it. So my papa, my papa uh, who grew up Irish Catholic because that's where his entire family had come from. <laughs> and uh, he was the baby of nine children decided that, you know what, she'd already had a hard enough life, let's do everything. And we did. We, for a couple of years, every single weekend, I went to a different biker rally. We went to different countries. We went on cruises. And, you know, we just did everything we could under the sun to make sure I, he wanted to make sure I had a fulfilling life before the doctors didn't even think I would make 20. So we, he made sure I did that. And then we actually found places around the world that have made me better. Uh, so, and I have to say uh, in Korea, they have some of the best doctors with the best side uh, table manners in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, when they redid part of my face and after like I was healed up a little bit, they were like, you know what? We can do better. And they did. And um, you can't even tell sometimes with my face unless like, I'm laughing hysterically and then you can only see very little differences. I think they do amazing, amazing job. Um, and so there was something, once we figured all that out and we knew I was going to live or I was pretty much, I was determined I'm going to outlive them all. And that's on point. So what I decided was I'm going to try every type of job industry that I could get my hands on. And I, I did, I did. Um, I've, I've worked in every industry that's here in Houston. I've worked in a factory. I've worked in restaurants. I've worked in uh, a law office. I've worked, you know, space cadets. I'm working in the comic store. I've worked in security. Uh, I did video surveillance in downtown. Um, I did go to college. I got my degree, my associates and my bachelor's in applied mathematics, which I, I always knew I was pretty good at math, but then with the car accident that happened. So we, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Right. And it, I just sort of, you know, went to college and fell into that because that was, it was, it was fun for me. Uh, my thesis ended up being on the mathematical applications in languages. So what I, me and a group of people did was we were trying to find the base uh, equation of what you could do for languages. And we found there's very similarities in like the different like Asian languages can be grouped into the same sort of like um, theory of of equation type uh, thing. And then like most European language languages can actually fit into the same one. Most uh, uh, Latin and Spanish languages also fit into the same type of equations. But we did find English doesn't fit into any of them at all. <laughs> so that's why English is so hard. 
It mm. takes little bitty pieces of everything and mushes it together. And it is actually really hard to break it down to you know something as simple as a board full of equations. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So we talk about the math of it all. We talk about getting <laughs> a space to that. Uh, and things like that, talk about family. What are some of the interesting, I know you talked about, you know, people in Korea and the medical stuff, but what were some places that you saw? Because I'm not world traveled. Oh, okay. So I can't that, say I a whole lot because a lot of traveling. times I was in my wheelchair. Huh? Um, a lot of times I was actually in a wheelchair or uh, most of my body was still casted up. But the places that we did get to visit, um, there was one or two places that are not very welcoming to um, wheelchair bound, but then other places uh, you can find, like we went to Morocco and I remember I was in my chair and my pop and I were just walking down a sidewalk and there was this, this, this overhanging like, like an arch and it was a garden. And when you walked through, it was just garden everywhere. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was blooms and flowers just everywhere. It was so, so beautiful. I wish I could remember a little better, but my memory on those parts just comes out in flashes still sometimes. If only you had the opportunity to take pictures. Yeah. To take pictures and send them to you and be like, these were moments we had together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was something my grandfather, my papa, he passed away in uh, 2011, October of 2011. And um, that is something I wish we would have had was pictures of us just wherever we went. Mm -hmm. uh, we were so busy living in the moment. Yeah. Feeling that time, living in the right then and there that you know, we didn't really look towards the future of things. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, and, I mean, nowadays I regret it. At the time, we didn't yeah. even think, you know, stuff like that. There are certain moments in life where I didn't take pictures. I, I tell people about the Stan Lee, meeting Stan Lee. And so yeah. I was like, why did you take a picture? I said, because I, A, he was on his way on stage. Yeah. <laughs> B, the story is more, I feel like the memory is more important to me than stopping long enough to take a picture because that would take me out of the moment. Yeah. So I see what you yeah. mean by living in the moment as opposed to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still, um, I have, so I'm the oldest of six and I have about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have at least two dozen cousins and um, all of them have kids but me. So I have, I think I did a rough count the other day of about 17 nieces and nephews. And I know of at least six or seven of them like to come see me at least once a month. And so I have learned to start taking a lot more pictures of them because they just grow up instantly. Um, the oldest one is 15 and the youngest one, she turns two in December. And oh my oh, gosh, oh, yes, I know. I feel, I feel, <laughs> she started things. She started saying my name and I'm like, no, I remember when you came home from the hospital. And then when the oldest one who's 15, um came in and she was like let's do our makeup and I'm like no you're still too young <laughs> that's um, not fair uh so yeah and it's just it's it's crazy how all of these kids are just they're growing up so quickly oh I feel I feel I feel like I'm getting old <laughs> well it's it's funny um I have a nephew and I remember being at the hospital the day he was born yeah. And then, you know, he just recently turned 22. Oh my gosh. And we're sitting there going like, you know how I feel. 
but I was the oldest one is 15 it's like I can't wait till I'm 18 and I get married and I have kids and I'm like oh no no please don't do that no it's like wait wait till after college yeah find love maybe you know I don't know get some good skills work on yourself be the dude that you need to be before you start that's something I tell every single one of them that no matter what happens in this world, I am going to love them. So they don't need anybody else to love them. If they can love themselves, they can know that I love them. And that is something that will never change. Well, they may go out and murder somebody and I'll be very upset and I'll be very mad at them. I will still love them. Yeah. Yeah. Love in spite of is an interesting concept. Yeah. And that's, that's, something that I learned as a child because I didn't really get that from a mom and a dad because because my real dad he didn't know he didn't know where I was till I was 14 Mm -hmm. so my mom and the person she had married were really not good with children so I had to learn what it was to accept love later on in life like once I was with my grandparents and and you know at first I didn't trust them because that's, I didn't know adults that could be trusted. Right, right. <laughs> but, but my papa definitely taught me how to love myself and accept other people's loves. Because that's one of the biggest lessons that you can learn is, is to accept love. It's not just give love, but it's also to accept love. Yeah. Well, for me, I think it became a thing of faith because when I was growing up, I mean, I was around a bunch of loving people, but... I really didn't understand what love truly looked like until one day a dude who didn't look like me sat there and told me that God loved me in spite of me and that there were things that he wanted for my life. And I was just like, yeah, but for most of my life, I've been told not to trust you because you don't look like me. And I don't know yeah. how to feel about that. And yeah. so those are questions I would have. Like I would go to church with my mom and I would be like, but there's these pictures, there's this going on. And But you tell me don't trust these people but that yeah. this dude looks like those people, but you're telling me to trust him, but am I supposed yeah. to trust other people? Like there was a weird dichotomy that was going on. Yeah. A long time. And it wasn't until I realized that faith could be something that where we were created to be loved by our creator, that it was yeah. it was something that could, you know, that could tra- traverse we that we once we understood that he loved us the way he loved us and made us. It has a plan for us that I can learn to love other people yep. in spite of themselves because if he was willing to go through what he went through for me, even though I didn't know him, and even though I had done stuff that it would displease him, yeah. how can I look at somebody else who doesn't please me and be like, oh, I can't love you. It's like, well, he loves me. Yeah. He loves me. I can love you. I just yeah. got to figure out how that, how to be a conduit for that. <laughs> I, I learned I learned to to love Christ and that Christ loved me a very very different way. It was through so ninety nine percent of biker rallies will have a Sunday morning service where they talk about how much our Creator loves us, no matter what. And that was something that my papa was very into. He was actually part of the Christian Motorcycle Association, the CMA, and he he had me join as well. And um where we would go out to the bars, we would go out to the secular rallies, you know, the rallies, the partying and the hard drinking and all this, we would go out to them. 
And while we may not do some of the things that they do, I would sit at the bar, have a drink with a guy and be like, Hey, can I bless your bike for you? And they would just look at me and be like, what? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Can I just, you know, I just want to, I want to bless your bike. So that way, you know, I can pray over you, pray over your bike and make sure you're safe on the road. And that would definitely be like a huge, a lot of times they would say, yes, they would love to. And we would sit there and we'd have a prayer. I'd ask them if anything's wrong. Is there anything I can like pray for you about? Do you know that God loves you? Because I love you. And a lot of times that would be like, huh, even though I did all of this and he, and I'd be like, yeah, still loves you. I mean, you're his kiddo. So that was, you know, it's, it's really about the accepting the love of Christ. So that way you can share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would say no. And I'd be like, cool. What'd you drink? And I'll have one with you. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. I know we've, we've talked about, cause you've gone, you've talked not just about math. We've had conversations about like black holes and such. Oh yeah. From, uh, yeah. The gravitational pulls of black holes that lead into the spaghettification that at first it would feel good, but after a while, as you're uh, approaching the event horizon, all of time will stop for you. For you, it will, you will be able to see everything. You'll be see, able to see everything that's happened in the past, everything happening in the present, everything that'll happen in the future. As long as that black hole has been around, you will be able to see it. But to everybody around the black hole far enough away, it'll look like you stopped. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely have fun with that. That's just sort of a a fun hobby, I guess. Is, I guess you could say that I have. Yeah, so it's interesting to hear that. It's interesting to talk about that. So, I discovered a book recently. I think I went back and found it on one of Miss Jen's shows. Like I came home, but I, I don't get off work till like three thirty in the morning. Oh goodness! Which it's 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 your two thirty. Yeah, I'm an hour ahead of you. So, uh, but I went back and looked at the Tuesday shows. And so like, I saw a copy of Save Yourself One. And I thought, huh, I don't really know what it's about, but Boom's got good stuff. Let me go check yeah. it out. And so I checked out the first one. I was just like, huh, I'm about to get the trade of that. Yeah. Now that this whole thing about these, like, you've got these like pop starry type superheroes that are like saving the world from these creatures. It kind of feels like a mix between the Powerpuff Girls. It's like if somebody took the Powerpuff Girls and mixed them up with the Power Rangers. Oh, okay. I'll have to look that up now. And then kind of like splashed it in. And then like these creatures are there and these creatures are fighting them. And because the creatures look like regular monsters to the humans, they feel like the, that they're the bad guys, obviously. Yeah. The pretty girls are obviously the heroes. And they're the pop stars, and they're the ones that everybody loves. Yeah. By the end of the first episode, it's like, I think they might be the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, definitely- there's some stuff that goes down, and you're just like, I don't know about them. It sounds like, um, uh, I think Boom also did another storyline called uh, Irredeemable, and um, they did a second storyline where it was a villain who was raised a villain his entire life accidentally becomes a good guy and a superhero who's been a superhero his whole life accidentally becomes a villain and it's uh yeah it's it's so good where you you can never tell who's actually the good guy and who's actually the bad guy you're just like ooh, who is it tell me 
So here's my question because we talk about books. What's in Jenna's current pull box right now? My current <laughs> that's a lot of books. <laughs> okay, like, so how long you got, buddy. <laughs> right? That's that's pretty much it. So um on my pull box is a little strange. I pick up all aftershock number ones. All of them. I'm totally in love with everything that company has done. Um, and it's the same with Zenoscope. I pick up all Zenoscope one shots and number ones because everything they touch is gold. Mm -hmm. Absolute gold. Um, I'm also pulling Ninjak just because, or not Ninjak, I'm sorry, uh, Shadow Man because he is my number one favorite. Uh, I absolutely love uh, Valiant's uh, Shadow Man. The new storyline has been so good and the covers are just beautifully done. Um, I'm also Stray Dogs just uh, ended up ending with the issue number five. I haven't read the last issue yet because I'm sad that it's ending. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't end. Please don't end. I need more. Um, I'm also been picking up the, uh, since Marvel's bought out Aliens, all of those books. They just started their second storyline. Uh, really good. I was so used to the way that Dark Horse did Aliens. I have all of those books behind me. Um, including the actual novels. I'm a huge, Miss, me and Miss Jen, will, we can sit there for hours talking about everything of the aliens uh, universe. So I've been, I've been really uh, deep into those books. What else have I been getting? Um, there's one by uh, Lil AWA Upshot, Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Time. Oh my goodness, I can't say the whole name right now. Ooh. Um, so yeah, I've been picking up all of those. I've also recently picked up Power Rangers Unlimited. I got the mm -hmm. second print because I missed the first print. That was so good. Is that the one that Frank Gogol's writing with the yeah. new Ranger? Mm-hmm. Okay. I really, I really enjoyed that book. I enjoy his writing. Um, I've also been picking up these... Um, so I pick up a lot of like uh, kids books because I have so many nieces and nephews and they come over and read and birthday parties and Christmas and Hanukkah. So yeah, lots of holidays, lots of kiddos. And uh, there was one recently done and I'd have to get with Miss Jen on which company it was because I think it was just a little little bitty small thing that she found where it's like uh, the ABCs of superheroes or my first uh, superpowers. Interesting. They're so adorable. They're like the 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 harder. It's not paper, but it's like the harder stuff where kids can't rip them. Mm -hmm. It's not cardboard. I, I wish I could remember what that type of cardstock um, maybe. Uh, no, it's like those. Uh, it's as thick as cardboard pages, so kids can you know chew on it because they're it's for little kids. It's a little bit, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and then uh, we also got another one for the girl kiddos of the of our. Uh, nieces and nephews because it's mostly nieces it's only a couple of nephews um where it's uh my first super woman or my first supergirl, where it's the women women with superpowers that's what it is women with superpowers and uh so yeah it's been getting a lot of those and then of course i'm really huge in the funko pop scene i have um a little over a thousand at this point i want to say i've uh, been collecting it for about 10 years now I know on our meetings once a week, you get to see them behind my head. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I got to see a few of them. I know there's more. But uh, yeah. it's funny. Uh, I got during the uh, EXP Expo that they did when we first launched the experience, you know, I think it was myself and uh, 
Miss Jen and uh, oh no, I don't think I think I was on there. I don't think I was interviewing necessarily, but it was Miss um, Jen and Kyle, I think. And then he had Dirk. They had Dirk, and then they had the guys from Twisted. And, oh yeah. And I think it's Monoxide Child that's the big pop person. And I think one of the questions I asked on there was like, so how many pops have you purchased that no one in your family actually knows exist? <laughs> and it was like, look, man, we went to San Diego one year to promote the book. He said, I barely could get on a bus with a duffel bag full of pops that I got. He said, I actually got a pop bottle duffel. Yeah. They provided because I purchased so much. I wish I could get some of the San Diego ones. That's the only ones I've never got was like the San Diego Comic-Con ones. Um, what's fun about those is they actually share them with stores. They're the shared exclusives, but the store ones have a different picture where it'll have the year and it says summer convention on it. I have a black and white classic Harley Quinn, the one where she's in her like uh, black and red outfit, but it, the statue I have is in black and white. Mm-hmm. But that was a, um, um, a pop rock where it's like a little bit of a little bit better of a statue. And then I also ended up getting these. Uh, they have these whole series of um, snow globes, but it's Harry oh, wow. Potter. And they're tiny little mystery ones. So you don't know what's actually in the box until you open. So, yes, I have the mystery minis, and then I also collect Q-Figs by Quantum Mechanics. Absolutely love those. I showed you the, um, it's a Deadpool, riding a unicorn Deadpool (laughs) figure. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely, um, definitely making up for not really having a lot as a kid, but at the same time, is that Howard the Duck? Yes, Uh, so Funko has a... Funko has a little game that they have where basically you buy it's Battle World. Yeah. And so you like get the little things. So like I caught a sale at like a GameStop. And it was like 40% <laughs> off. And then like on top of that, it was 40% off. And then um on top of that, if you got them in a bag, it was like five dollars oh. off of that. So like yeah. I got a bunch of like dirt cheap. So that was one of them. Goes very well. I wish I could find the Beta Ray Bill one. Beta Ray Bill is probably my favorite character. I think uh, you and my husband get along very well. That I think that's his only Marvel character he likes well, right now. It's interesting because you know Beta Ray Bill is one of those. Like the first time I saw him, I was like, "What's this horse-looking dude doing in a Thor comic it, book? Mm-hmm. What's going on?" And you start reading it, you start finding out like, "Wait, he fought Thor. Wait, he fought Thor to stand. Wait, he picked up Ilmir. Wait." Yeah. Saved, yeah. saved Thor. The way oh, so Odin made him a hammer. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he did not get the justice he deserved in the movies. He did make a cameo in what was it? I think Thor Ragnarok. It was in Ragnarok, the statue in the statue setup. I, I I'm like, hoping that we get a brief. I'm, I'm hoping we get a moment in him with him in Thor: Love and Thunder. Yes, and, and um. We see him again in Guardians 3. That would be, I think I would scream. <laughs> because the thing about it is, is that with the Guardians franchise, of course, you can, you know, we know that Dave Bautista's not coming back past the third. Sad face. Because he said that he's like 55. He said he can't continue to do all this weight cutting to do that. Oh, he said, a lot of people. He will- 
get over that because he needs to play a character in so there's this video game called gears of war i've played all of them my husband yeah, read he, all the yeah all the remember that. marcus phoenix right marcus phoenix so i'm gonna need him to dry it up Marcus Venus is 70 years old and be looking cut like a 20 year old. So I'm gonna need Batista to just grow some hair and dry it up and be Marcus Venus. Well, are they working <laughs> on a movie for Gears? They're, they announced it years and years ago, but I think it went through development hell. And now nowadays, Batista's actually been putting through a campaign for people to sign. What they did was in the latest game, they made him a skin. Yeah. that you could you could play as him but new day is also one of the skins that you can play in there yes yes <laughs> yes i'm a wrestling well, nut yell so while you're talking about the new day like at one point i think we were talking about like studios we were talking about <laughs> kyle and i were talking about different guests we were trying to get for miss yeah. jen's show because the new day has that new book coming out oh and yeah so, of course, we were talking about that and i was just like oh kyle <laughs> Did you, see, did you see Punk come back? Did you see it? Oh my gosh. On AEW, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And Becky Lynch came back too. Oh my God. Like, okay. So I don't have cable. Oh, okay. So what happened was I woke up Friday afternoon. Cause I got off again, I, I my day is off of like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I work till 3 30 in the morning during the week. Yeah. So I woke up Friday afternoon and somebody messaged me and was just like, hey, what if it actually happens? What if Steel Punk comes back to AEW? I said, <laughs> dude, if he comes back, he comes back, man. I'd love to see it. I yeah. don't have cable and they don't stream AEW anywhere yet. Yeah. It's not like they've set up a deal to stream like through Hulu or something. Oh, that'd be so cool. I'd love it. Yes. Uh, give it to me day after. I don't care. I already watched Raw and SmackDown day after. I'll watch it day after. I don't care. But uh, anyway, so Saturday morning, messages after messages. Just like, oh, my God. He's back. What? Oh, my gosh. He came back. <laughs> JR was there. They had JR oh. on commentary. And I'm just sitting there going, my God, this is one of the greatest moments ever. See <laughs> I, bet. I actually missed it because I was watching uh, the last episode of American Horror Stories, you know, mm -hmm. the side storyline that they did for American Horror Story while we're waiting for American Horror Story. And um, my brother actually was like, hey, look at this. And I was like, what? Like what? He's like, CM Punk's back. I was like, what? Okay. 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 <laughs> I, tested, I tested my coworker in all caps. I Jenny. was like, Yes, I texted Shanice. I was like, CM Punk's back. And she was like, I know. I screamed. And I'm like, I think I'm still in shock. I think I'm still in shock. Yeah. And then, of course, today my brother's like, hey, by the way, Becky Lynch was back too. And I'm like, mmm. Mm. Can I, I, I got to give a hot take. On, I got to give a, heart a hot take on okay. Becky. Okay. I by feel the way, like the way they brought her back is going to be problematic. Two reasons. Okay. Reason number one, they Kofi Kingston, Bianca Belair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. If okay. For those who don't know what I mean, because I know everybody listening to this doesn't follow wrestling. <laughs> so Kofi Kingston had the world heavyweight belt for like three or four months. And then yep. SmackDown went to Fox. So when SmackDown went to Fox, they were a big name on SmackDown for that first time. 
Brock Lesnar showed up, beat Kofi Kingston in eight seconds. Yep. Eight seconds. I mean, come on, man. It wasn't like they had ever set a precedent for that before. Oh, wait, the first Saudi Arabia show, Brock Lesnar f 5 all the new day. Oh, my God. Not at the same time, but he went through all three of them and f 5 them all. Sir, are you going to dinner right now? Huh? You're pulling a me right now, sir. Sorry. <laughs> or you got to clap in your words. Okay. I had to get through that point. Uh, so <laughs> first of all, secondly, SummerSlam, I think it was about 2018. Okay. Becky and Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Becky, Charlotte, and I can't think of the third person. But it wasn't. It, whoever it was. Like, it was the one hugs it was the one where like because becky got ready to do the pin charlotte yep. natural selection pin yep. becky she got the belt becky went to shake her head and hug her and she ddt charlotte yep and wwe sat there and tried to do a heel becky lynch for mm. two months before they realized People been loving on this woman the whole entire time. And are you going to try to turn her heel? Charlotte's the heel. It's obvious Charlotte's the heel. Oh, my God. I don't even understand why they would think that. Like, like, why? And then they ended up doing the whole man gimmick. So basically what they did was they repeated that storyline for Bianca. But I got a funny feeling Bianca ain't going to continue to be a face. Uh Uh-uh. I got a funny feeling Bianca's going to end up becoming a heel out of this because they're not going to do Becky heel again for a while because she's she's the man <laughs> oh my gosh and then of course have you seen pictures of her cute little babies I you know what I have tried to find I've seen pictures of her and Seth holding the baby but I've not seen the baby oh it's on her Instagram I'll go look it up yes oh my I'm gosh sure. like, can I just say I didn't see that couple coming no I that didn't surprise me I mean, well, now that they're together, yes, but like yeah. before, I didn't see it happening. But well, now I'm like, why didn't I see that before? Seth had a brief moment for a while where people wonder what was going to happen because you know he was dating that one girl, Sharira Schreiber or whatever, that was like she was like a collector of like Nazi memorabilia. Oh and yeah, I do remember. He got rid of her, but it also had to do with the fact that apparently he was dating her while he was dating his then like other girlfriend. And like apparently yeah. he sent pictures of himself that we're not going to talk about on here okay. <laughs> to this other girl. And Ain't nobody asked for those pictures. Don't do so it. It happens that the other girlfriend found out she sent them. <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, dude, dude, calm it down there, bro. Like, man, look here. Like, you're, you're part of one of the most successful gimmicks right now, currently going in the shield. And, yeah. So we didn't talk about the other comebacks since we're talking about it. So Brock came back too. Oh my gosh. Again, I don't know. I like stay retired. You look tired. Brock looks like he's trying to try out for Vikings with edge. Okay. I could. Yeah. Like he's got the full beard, the ponytail now. I just, I just, there are some guys like, I hate what they did with the undertaker. The undertaker was always my favorite just to get taken out like that. They brought him out of retirement just to, you know what? I have, mm, I have no <laughs> words. I cried. 
I cried. Are we, about, are we talking about his first ever defeat? So we're talking about Brock. Okay. Oh, sorry, Undertaker. I'm sorry. But no, no, that's what I'm saying. Brock was the one that defeated him. Yeah. Which I, I, I cried. I have never cried for a show like that before. Yeah, but I was just uh, yeah. dead silent, one tear, just like, no. Like there are certain things that people have kept in wrestling. For example, for the longest time, Kane had the most eliminations. And then all of a sudden they gave it to Roman Reigns. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, Ray Mysterio lasted the longest at a Royal Rumble. I don't think they've taken that away. I don't think so. Stone Cold, I think, won the most Rumbles until eventually they figured out a way to get John Cena to win another one because, you know, they'll they'll try to push Cena again, even though he lost to Roman. Um, publicity. <laughs> so many things, man. Just so many things. Like I sat yeah. there and thought about it when they did the whole thing with you know, you have a moment of doubt where you think, like, could John Cena possibly win this thing? Could he possibly get his 17th belt? Could he possibly break Ric Flair's record? Ric Flair's yeah. not even with the company now. Ric Flair could eventually be in AEW with Andrade. We don't know. So yeah, that's true. they may let him break it. And then Roman Reigns messed around on Friday and said, yeah, if you beat me, I'm I'm leaving WWE. We knew that wasn't going to happen! Leave! They put Leave. there... We knew Roman was going over. Because Vince loves him some Roman Reigns, man. Don't get me wrong. That is a beautiful man. Like the eyes, just like, he's a very beautiful man. And I can say that. But we, he just frustrates me so much every time he shows up. Well, you know, he's related to the most electrified man in sports and entertainment. So Yeah. The beauty yeah. doesn't fall very far. I, I don't know how many times I've been around other ladies and they were like, well, you know, The Rock is like in his 50s. The Rock still. I'm just saying. <laughs> Rock is different, though. Come on. Give me Black Adam. Let him be. Oh, he's going to be. Yes. He's going to be. That's all it is to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, let him stick to movies. Don't bring him back into wrestling anymore. Well, that's something. The Cena, I honestly think the Cena role was supposed to be Rock's role originally, but they just couldn't get Rock free because, I mean, he's doing press for Jungle Cruise still. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing Black, finishing up Black Adam, which is he'll be doing press for that. Forever. Yeah. And the big problem with that is, is that it's like people don't understand. People are like, oh, the Rock can still go. He's still jacked. Why can't he get in the ring? You understand what <laughs> happened back in the day when. The Rock and Cena wrestled the last time The Rock and Cena wrestled. Trying to remember that. He pulled I keep a muscle in his groin and in his stomach. He was oh. off. He couldn't film for six months. Yeah. Yeah. His, EJ, his insurance people flipped a wig and blew gaskets because they were like, we make money off of you making movies, dude. You didn't have to go do that thing over there that you did back <laughs> in the day. Stop it. You know, that's what somebody was over there like, stop it. Stop it right now. We don't get money off of you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no purpose. You, stop that. You being in fast movies and all this other stuff. That was, <laughs> that was part of the reason why he wasn't in that other fast movie. I mean, yeah, Vin Diesel and him kind of had a bit of a rivalry going on, but part of that was the fact he was healing from the wrestling. 
Yeah. And he wasn't able to get in and film a lot of that stuff until by the time we would have came in to do it, they were already working. They were already like finishing up the eighth movie. And yeah, they confirmed that they're going to go 11 total films. It's just like, why do we need more of these movies? Yeah. I'm like, at some point, it just becomes a superhero flick. Yeah. Like, at, at what point does it become like, I like, I love the first one. I love the first one. I liked the second one, I think is the one I'm thinking about. It's the one with Tyrese. It kind of went downhill. And Eva Mendez as the CD FBI agent woman who I think is coming, I think either came back in another movie or she's coming back in a future one. I think she did come back. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That was a different one. The one where Vin Diesel's character had a kid. Which one was that one? Where that he had he didn't know about his kid. So he he had had go- the girl got pregnant, had the kid, but he didn't know about it. And then uh, Charlize Theron's character kidnapped the kid. Yeah. Charlize Theron is one of the most beautiful women on this planet with the most amazing acting that I've ever seen. An old guard that she oh, did. She's doing that one. Hmm? She killed it in that one. She killed it. Absolutely astonishing. They did so well taking in both of the trades that were out and sort of pushing them together. And I know a lot of critics weren't very big fans of that movie, but I loved that movie. And I've loved most things that she's been in. Yeah, I was about to say, what was that one where she was like a, she was like a spy? Like her and uh, not Ewan McGregor, but... Um... The guy who played and wanted. Was the it guy who, the guy who played Professor X in the newer X Men movies? The young guy. Yeah, I think it was like Blonde. Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde, because that's a comic book done by. Um, I think it's a. Dark Horse. No, wait. I can't remember the company now. Goodness gracious! But yes, I I enjoyed that one also. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think there. I think that. I think my favorite with her probably is a toss-up. Actually, between and these are both movies that weren't necessarily critically acclaimed. I loved her in Hancock. I loved her in Hancock. I loved Hancock. I didn't like yeah. Hancock. I'm just like, dude, how can you not? It's a deconstructionist viewpoint of a of a superhero story. Exactly, and it was but a different. It also involves literal gods, mm-hmm. and it's not like there's a whole universe of these people flying around and doing all this stuff. It's like there's two of them. There's two, and it's just they could end up together and have a good, fulfilling life together, but they decided not. They broke up their love just so that way they can keep saving the world. Right. You don't call me crazy. <laughs> the other no. one that I really that was my favorite was still the call me a call me crazy one more time. I was just like, she has a trigger word too. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think everybody does. It's just, you know, she could do something about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were just that, that sky wet. I was like, oh my gosh, she's like Storm. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I wish you know, see, like more of that. I wanted to see more of that universe, like either comics or more movies or a TV show or something. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Well, the problem then becomes it's like, okay, so what? If there was like, we know those guys were there, but who was secretly taking them out? They yeah. were former human beings who were running around just shooting. You know what I mean? Somebody no. had to be better than both of them that was mm-hmm. taking them out person by person. Yeah. 
Because she didn't even said we were being hunted by people. Yeah. Yeah. Who was hunting them back in ancient times is what I want to know. And in ancient times, those gods that did get together and had families and lived on, did any of their kids have powers? Like, did once they pass on, did their immortality of what could have been pass on to one of their children or grandchildren? Like, there was this whole universe I had, like, in my head for years. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, there could have been so much more. Is the people was killing them maybe like the child or grandchild of one of the other older mortals that got together and you know died yeah head cannon is real mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely <laughs> now that's something i'm talking about for hours so <laughs> yeah now we're gonna talk about hancock sequels that we wish we could make <laughs> but, you know, yeah. like i thought i always thought about like the kid that she had with what's his face Oh, that was her stepson. Okay, so it's never okay. So they never. They yeah, never, so never. she didn't technically have him. That that was his stepmom because he he only talks about it for like a second in the movie, where after his wife died. And oh yeah, he, his wife died. That's right. That's right. And then ta- learned to you know take care of the kiddo, mm-hmm. and that was also her trying to make up for not settling down and having kids with Hancock. Mm-hmm. So it was like her having a son as well. Yeah, and I thought that was beautiful maybe you find out when it's all said and done somewhere across the world Hancock had a son when he didn't realize he had these abilities and that kid's the one that's hunting him down now like oh 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 no oh I love it and then all of a sudden it's basically huh somebody's kid is killing people somebody's kid is whooping people it's bad (laughs) it's like oh my god it's like, here we go. Somebody's killing the adults. Oh. <laughs> Who's an adult? I don't see no adults around here. Tom, crazy, sir. Sir. Sir, that's rude. I don't see any adults around here. Somebody, somebody's you. killing the gods. <laughs> <laughs> I just riff off it because I love the idea of like, somebody's killing, you know, in the, the, the book, the book, somebody's killing the children. Oh, I love that book. And then I got the Enter the House of Slaughter. I was just like, oh, I got to get this series. I haven't gotten a chance to read that lately. Been been setting up for our huge event that's coming up this weekend. I'm, I'm really excited to be talking yeah. to a lot of people. Where if anybody who is listening wants to see my face, hmm. <laughs> Make sure to have the link and stuff in here where you can go to see that. Hopefully, I'll be talking to some people. I don't know. We'll see. we we'll have to... Wait until the opening yeah. list comes out for people. Uh, there's one guy on there um, that is a maybe right now that is actually a huge, my husband's a huge, huge fan of him. And um, it's all because he wrote this little bitty book that I thought was cute, but it was full of cuss words. And um, it kind of reminded me of I Hate Fairyland, but with cuss words and, you know, unicorns. So I brought it home for my husband to read and my brother to read. And since then, they've been obsessed with them. And uh, here recently, they they talk all the time. My husband and this dude does. And here recently, he was on a show, one of our shows. And uh, he just realized that I was the wife of the person that he talked to every other day. That's and he was, like, he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I talked to Miss Jen all the time. How did I never connect this? And just the dawning on his face just made me laugh absolutely hysterically. I pretty much like, I was watching it so that way I could help Miss Jen with the show. 
and um jay jay shows up sean shows up and then we summoned him because that's how you do it you we're summoning you because we're showing off your new books and then you know he does and they then my husband and my brother and him all start talking in the comments and then jay says oh yeah my wife jenna is you know the one that we sent a picture of to doing this and he was like wait jenna this jenna <laughs> And on camera, I'm watching him just go, this Jen, Jen, Jenna? <laughs> no, Miss, Miss Jen, like space cadets, Jenna. And then of course, Jay is like, yeah, that's my wife. And I come around to the front of the camera. I'm like, hi. He's like, you picture. And I was like, yeah, that was a picture of me. And he's like, no, 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 Jenna, but Jenna. Oh, Jenna. It was just, it was, it was so funny. Because <laughs> I am the realization <laughs> of the Jenna, Jenna <laughs> Stepton that's going on. <laughs> and then also it was funny. Miss Jen pipes in, she goes, Oh yeah, that's her brother. And then of course, you know, the guy is just like, That's your brother? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> My brother from another mother, uh, Sean, who's like who definitely loves being on the shows and uh, he actually reads books all the time too and um him and my husband and i actually have a review channel on here called triangle truth i'm not on there a whole whole lot because i do a lot of stuff for the experience but the two of them are on there pretty often so they do that so, on facebook or they do it on youtube and there's also a facebook page for links to the youtube it's also on instagram triangle of truth i'm gonna need to check that out because sometime if i'm free i would love to make an appearance <laughs> I'll definitely talk to them, yeah. i read this book I'd like to talk about it with you guys. See what you think. They also do a lot of uh, Kickstarter ones. So that way they can like help out uh, any of the books that they see on Kickstarter. I am trying so hard to get something ready for Kickstarter. So we did some Pathfinder episodes. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to do this interview a little bit earlier. And we just yeah. did a new episode of the Pathfinder Adventures. And my character's name is Harbinger. And so nice. I started sitting there one day. It's just like, if I could draw my own 70s grindhouse style kung fu Shaw Brothers style flick, <laughs> but I could put Harbinger in it. Oh, yeah. That worked. So, I mean, like the way I tell people about Harbinger is real simple. He's a mountain of a man who is a warrior who uses anger and rage to kind of get through life and his physical strength. The problem is, is that when his friend watches a friend get mowed down by a werebear and he can't do anything to stop it. He loses everything in this rage-fueled moment and almost dies. Oh, my. So he crawls to this, like, monastery. And basically, like, this Master Ma is this little short, like, three-foot-five little woman. And she's like, we'll heal him. We'll make him whole again physically, and then he can leave. Yeah. And so the whole time he's there, like, he's healing, and he's watching all these people from this, like, fantasy world-type setting, but in a martial arts type world so yeah. like you know you see them going and like they're fighting and you've got like werewolves and you've got like centaurs you've got all these different people practicing martial arts and little dragonborns and all this stuff and so he's sitting there and he's like i want to learn this and she's like you're not made for this you're a person of war people of peace don't go out and get bloodied up and almost die in the middle of a fight <laughs> And she's just like, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to throw the ways of war away. And she's like, you won't make it a week. 
And so he fully physically heals. And then like, he's doing all the crazy Kung Fu stuff. Like he's on a bed of nails doing, pushing weight. He's walking across a beam across a cliff with like a, a huge mountains with like buckets of water, trying to keep a balance. He's walking with rocks on his back. I mean, he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And you know, like she's teaching him the difference between peace and anger. Like just because you want peace doesn't mean you don't have to fight for it, but it just means that your rage can't fuel it. Yeah. Different things like that. And so then later the werebear and his crew that attacked his friend show up because the werebear recognizes his scent when he goes into town. But of course. And so the werebear follows him basically and tries to take out his dojo and he has to learn about how to, if, if, first of all, does he have the power within himself to actually defeat this guy without relying on the stuff he knew before? Yeah. Obviously that didn't work. Well, and then also how does it affect the dojo after a bunch of werebears show up? If you are attacked by a werebear, do you become a werebear? Well, I always understood werebears as it's the same thing as a werewolf. Yeah. You can get infected. Yeah. But then eventually over time, if you're a clan, you can eventually learn how to make that chain in my world. You can, yeah. like, similar to like Ed Norton Hulk. Ed, okay. Ed Norton's Hulk, where so he's sitting there and he's like 181 days without an incident. And then all of a sudden he just, boom, and eyes go green and he's just like, zero. And it's just like, he becomes, yeah. he's able to fully, that's the way I feel like the werebears are. Like they go through this process to be, they able have to, to be able to control their, their turn it on and off at will. Yeah. It's a, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Always angry. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's just, that's just kind of that thing. And so I'm, I'm trying to get something together for a Kickstarter. I originally was trying to do it and get it done before the summer was over, but I had a lot of crazy life stuff happening. So I didn't quite get it done then. That's totally understandable, especially with, you know, us trying to learn what our new normal is going to be with everything that's going on right now. Yeah. I had a pastor tell us in a sermon one day, he said, we will never go back to early February, 2020 again. There's no such thing that that no longer exists. Yeah. There is no going back to normal because there is a new normal that we're going to have to learn to deal with. It's just like any time, before this whole planet has had to go through, you know, any type of pandemic or a disaster. Uh, there is something, there's new ways to live. There's new ways to learn how to deal with society. There's a new normal. You need to find out what your new normal is. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's just what I have to tell. I tell the kiddos all the time. I'm like, you know what? We're never going to go back to what it was like before. So here's your new day-to-day life. This is what you, this is what you need to learn how to get used to this is your new normal mm-hmm. exactly. and that will just become normal and then because there is no way for us to go back to before so many people so many people have died so many people are permanently changed by this that there's there's no way that we'll ever be able to go back to the way things used to be mm-hmm. there's there's a new way of doing things and that's just that's just life now yep you're not wrong you're not wrong at all so jenna uh we'll wrap this up oh okay (laughs) as we wrap it up well partly because time element partly because just you know stuff 
Before we um, before we close, though, I do want to ask one thing: if you could recommend a book to somebody, say an all ages type book, to somebody who needs a little bit of cheer it up, needs a little encouragement in these crazy times, what would you recommend? Ah, something all ages with encouragement, huh? Hmm. <laughs> I would probably say, oh, uh, if you ever get the chance to, there is a series by a company called Valiant called Divinity. There are three parts of it and there's an epilogue called Eternity. That is something I would highly, highly recommend for anybody who's looking for um, what it's like to, with how the world is and what change changes are and what changes like so the, the premise of it is there's three cosmonauts back in the 80s or 60s, I want to say, that go out into space and they find something at the edge of space. And one of them comes back and has to see what the world is like now. So he left in the 60s, came back in the 2010s, and he's completely changed uh physically but his mentality still needs to learn how to cope with how the world has changed and it takes every character in the entire valiant universe to show up and actually get him to stop fighting and then realize oh he's not fighting we're fighting him oopsie and then um another the female also comes back and she's not happy that russia didn't win the cold war so she tries to change it and it's really a way of her having to learn how to accept the things around her and accept the things that changed while she was gone. And it does, it does end really beautifully. And I, it's, it's a completely done story. It's three charades, Divinity 1, 2, and 3. And then there's an epilogue called Eternity. Uh, you can actually get it from the Valiant website as one big book, uh, except for Eternity. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to tell any more spoilers about it. But it's definitely one of those ones I would highly, highly recommend to anybody and everybody. Um, even if you're new to comics, even if you know nothing about the Valiant universe, you don't have to. This is a great way to learn about the characters that they have in their universe. And if you end up liking one of them, then you can go back to Valiant and be like, hey, I like this character. Where are these books on this one character? And you can read more about it. Um, it's a great way to introduce yourself to new characters, old characters, and beautiful art absolutely astonishing art and a great story overall great ending i loved it i couldn't ask for a, a better all-around story okay all right cool deal well jenna um would you mind sharing any particular links as far as things go that we need shared i mean yours we've also talked about the experience i mean if you want to share those as well <laughs> yeah, uh, so you can always uh, find me either running the experience on Instagram at, at the underscore exp1. You can find us on TikTok for the underscore exp, on YouTube, the underscore exp, the experience, and on Facebook, you can find us under the experience. You can also find Triangle of Truth uh, for all of really cool reviews on Instagram under Triangle Truth, on Facebook under Triangle Truth, and under YouTube, Triangle of Truth. And you'll look for the blue triangle where it says Triangle of Truth. And on the top of the page, you'll see my picture with flashing Star Wars Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> Star Wars Mickey Mouse ears. Yes, yes. 
right. So I was I was gonna end it there, but then you brought up Star Wars. So have you seen the new <laughs> trailer for the Star Wars Vision? Is it? Vision? I have not there? seen it yet. I've not seen it. I've been a little behind. <laughs> I need to. As soon as we are done with this event, I need to sit down and catch up on everything. Because because like I said, this is every every minute I'm awake at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, listen, Jenna, as always, thank you so much for popping on with me. I uh, appreciate you talking with me about not only your life and your loves and things like that. You know what? No, I'm not done yet. You're not done. Okay. I'm not done. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm horrible, y'all. Normally, I'm <laughs> I had this question in my head since we first started and I didn't ask it. How did you meet oh. your, you talked about meeting, marrying your best friend. How did you meet your hubby? Oh, <laughs> So <laughs> this might actually make somebody sad, but it's okay. Cause I'm okay. I'm okay. So um, when I was uh, 1920, right after we had figured out I was recovered from recovered, I say in quotations for my car accident, I was diagnosed with hairy T cell leukemia stage two. So uh, my best friend at the time, his name was Kevin um, was the only person that would actually go to treatment with me and I would need, you know, rides and stuff. He was actually roommates with my husband, Jay. Well, at the, not my husband at the time, but my husband nowadays, Jay. And um, there was one time I got so sick afterwards that he just brought me back to the house so he could help me, the house that he was sharing with Jay so that he could help me and make sure I was okay. And I ended up staying a week there because it was just, it was really, I got really, really sick that time. I got really sick that time. And uh, Jay came out just saw me on the couch. She was like, oh, there's a person here. I was like, hi, I'm a person. <laughs> and then at the time, my girlfriend came over to break up with me because uh, me being sick was too hard on her, which I'm glad she did. <laughs> and me and him were just, we always sat there talking the days that he was off because he works overnights. He worked overnights back then. Um, the days he was off work, we would just sit there for like seven or eight hours, just talking and watching movies. You know, we became best friends and all of our friends around us started making this joke that, um, while he was asleep or while I was drunk that, uh, we were having sex, even though we never remembered it. So we just were like, okay, whatever. And then, um, about six months after, you know, just being best friends, we started dating and that, that was that. 10 years later, here we are. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah. Because, right. yeah, like, I was like, I should have, I've thought about that. It's like, I was going to ask that when you mentioned you married your best friend, I was going to say, well, how did you meet your hubby? But then somewhere in the process, it didn't quite come out. So it's a little bit disjointed. That's okay. That's the fun part of a conversation. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> well, I always enjoy chit-chatting. If you ever want to chit-chat with me again, I'm always here. Okay. Well, maybe we can sit down one day and do a do a conversation about pops. Oh my gosh, I can't pop, even pops. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> Just the pop collection. How does one get into pop collection? Is there things that they want to have when they do pops besides space? Started with Blockbuster. Oh wow. There's a context some people won't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Blockbuster is where it all started. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
And uh, but anyway, guys, as always, uh, thank you, thank you for listening. I appreciate you today. You've listened to an episode of Conversation about dot dot dot. We filled in the blank talking to Jennifer Burns or Jenna Burns, as I call her. I just thought it was Jenna. But anyway, uh, so above all else, do me a favor, guys. Be blessed. Be a blessing to somebody. Take care. That was fun. <laughs>